Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want to be super successful in your management leadership career, get really good at the people part of it. Mm. Study it, get coaching, get training, invest in yourself to be better at the people aspect of the business. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to remind you that the Qualified Leadership Book Series, which includes all three of my best-selling leadership books, is now available on my website, johnsrenny.com. You get all three books for 15% off the Amazon and Barnes & Noble price, but this offer is only available on my website. Now, this is the perfect Christmas gift for the leader or future leader in your family, so check it out at johnsrenny.com. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about how to become a results-driven leader, and my guest is Vaughn Sigmund. Vaughn is a former executive with CarMax, one of the most successful and respected companies in the auto industry, which is also one of the best places to work in America. Vaughn brings his real-world experience to show us how to become a result-driven leader. Now, this was a fun and very practical discussion that I know you'll enjoy. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Bon Sigmund. Bon is the co-founder of Results Driven Leadership. He is a leadership development expert, podcaster, and author. He has worked with hundreds of businesses, helping them deploy his programs and advice. His methods are brought from his real-world experience working on the front lines and living the role of being a high-impact leader. His coaching and leadership programs offer no theory, just common sense advice and direction. He's a former executive with CarMax, the world's largest and most respected company in the auto industry, and is a Fortune 100 best places to work. Vaughn's mission is to improve the impact of executives and other managers by increasing their knowledge, skills, and abilities. And I am excited to have him on the show to learn from all his experience in leadership and leadership development. So Vaughn, welcome to the show. 
Thank you for having me today, John. It is an honor to meet you, sir. And uh, it was funny when I was looking through your material, I was like, I got to have this guy on because your motto, and I want to start with this, your motto is no matter what business you're in, you're in the people business. And if those as listen to the show for a long time, you know, I talk about leadership as a people business. So I got to start with that. Why is that your motto and how have you developed that perspective? So I'll, I'll tell the story very briefly. Very early in my career, I was in a position I had no business being in, but I got put in it. I was fortunate enough, somebody saw something in me, promoted me into a position of leadership. And very early, I had a mentor, a boss, Ted Boswell, who I'll never forget. I'll, you, know, you know how you have these moments in time that there's just a snapshot of, of a memory that you'll just, just remain. I remember the, the where I was standing, I almost remember what I was wearing, but Ted said to me, he was looking at my my store I was running, and he said, always remember, Vaughn, those people are going to make you successful. No matter what business you're in, you're in the people business. Mm-hmm. And that struck me. And fortunately, I got that advice early. And I built my entire career, which I feel like was fairly successful, off of putting people first, uh, making that my, always my priority, the better, and I, and I, I'll have the argument with anybody. If you've got great people surrounding you, you're investing in those people, you have a people first mindset, everything else becomes easier. Mm. And as they, with the companies I work with, generally most of the dysfunction and, and lack of productivity is always, almost always a people problem. Somewhere in there, we can unpack it and become a people problem. So you get that per- part dialed in, which a lot of companies don't. You make the, the you, you smooth the waters, you make everything infinitely easier. So I, I built my career, I built and scaled a lot of companies that with that as a, as a mindset. And it's worked out pretty well. And I, with all my clients over the past decade, we, we incorporate that as a framework of which we work. And been pretty remarkable, the turnarounds in some of these. What's interesting is, you know, you hear, you hear, uh, we, we talk about a lot of things in business, but, you know, we talk about a lot of hard skills, you know, you got to have good accounting skills and legal skills, and you got to have, be, be good at sales and what have you. But, but we don't really necessarily talk about being great at people leadership and people management and, and relating to people and, and inspiring people. But, you know, my question to you is, is, have you found that, when you take care of the people, they take care of the business. Have you had financial success with taking care of people first? Oh yeah, hundred percent, John. And um, you know, it's I, you. You and I have both seen this. A lot of your listeners may be in this situation. They're what I call, and I, I recently did a blog on this: an accidental manager. We were great at something, yeah, and because we were great, and somebody liked us, and we got along, they made us a manager. And okay, great. Now I'm a manager, but that skill set that made me successful in my functional role is generally not anywhere close to the skill set I need to be successful in managing and leading people. But I'd say it's the statistics of somewhere north of 90% people get promoted from within in an organization. It's done so without any benefit of training of how to do their new job. Somehow companies believe that 
magically somebody because they were great at accounts receivable, they can manage an <laughs> accounts receivable department. Um, and, and sometimes that works. There's about 3% of the population is, is the natural born skills to, to figure it out. Most of us have to learn, including myself. And, um, and they just need the, the conduit of which to get better, but they're blocked from that because they're not provided. That's the reason why people listen to your podcast. It's the reason why people read your books. It's the reason why they, there's a whole industry around how do I learn to be a leader? But even in that case, there's a very small percentage of people who are trying to get better at their job because there's a level of oblivion that I, you know, I, I don't know what I don't know. And it can't be me. It's got to be these people I surrounded myself with. And yeah. you know what? You're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. That's it, really good. It's really interesting here because I think that's a big a bit, bit of a challenge is we take great individual contributors and we make them managers and we don't really give them the skills to succeed in that area or we don't promote them because they show leadership skills is that they were great great at collecting cash, right? And so they now that you're the accounting manager. So I think it's a good observation is what I saw in my corporate days as well. Um, so one of the things I was going to talk to you about was a little bit about what's happening in, our, in the organizations today. One of the things you say, and, and, I, and I see it as well, that there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 70% of the people that are they're looking for a job. So they're working in companies, but they're actively looking for another job. We've heard these terms like quiet quitting and and we we have a lot of people that are, you know, not engaged, they're not motivated, they're coming in just doing their time. What what's missing and what should leaders be thinking about? Why and and do leaders do many leaders even know that this is happening on their watch? I'm going to answer that last question first. No. Yeah. I believe if they knew it, they'd be doing something about it. Mm -hmm. I don't believe, it, well, first of all, 70% are looking for a job because 50% of that 70% say because I'm being poorly led. There's, it's, there's ineffective leadership or management that's in charge of me, and I don't like my job. Mm -hmm. uh, however, I don't believe for a minute those managers get up in the morning and say, I'm going to go be the worst boss possible today. I'm just going to make sure nobody likes me during the course of the day. They, they want to go do a good job. They uh, they desire to, to to be highly effective and have a high impact on not only their company, but their careers and the people who are working for them. But they, again, I said it earlier, they don't know what they don't know. But I believe if there was a, a better uh, method of, of internal internally promoting and developing emerging leadership within organizations, if more organizations understood that there's a roadmap to success, if more organizations, companies realize that there's a people aspect that's creating a huge cost, it's $400 billion a year plus that turnover cost corporations, if they were able to put that in dollars and cents and say, wow, if I could invest some number of dollars into making sure my people were prepared to take on this role. And even if they're in the role, how, what am I doing to enhance, sharpen their solve, get them better, that organizations would see a dramatic change in not only just turnover, but buy-in and engagement and commitment and inspiration. And, you know, people would start asking questions and, and being more innovative because that's what happens in organizations. And I've worked with one, CarMax, that 
where you put your people first, you invest in your leadership. We were very selective about it, not only who got placed in a leadership role, but what we did to get them prepared for that. Mm-hmm. I saw the difference. I've got I've got lots of, of comparisons in my personal life where I've worked at both kinds of companies. CarMax being a Fortune 100 best places to work was a very different experience. And it's, it, but it goes deep into the DNA of the organization. It starts, starts at the top. There's a, a discipline and commitment that has to take place that I don't think a lot of organizations, one, don't consider it. And two, they look at it and say, gee, I don't know that I want to do that because that's outside of my comfort zone. I don't understand that. Um, I much less know how to go um, create a people first mindset. So it doesn't happen, but it's created this pandemic of quiet quitting, um, uh, this high turnover, this disengagement, this this two-year uh, tenure that most employees have today versus four to six in years past. It's this void of giving them what they need to be successful in their jobs. And it, it's, it's, a, it's baffling to me. It keeps me in business. Uh, you know, but I, I would rather work myself out of a job, frankly, if, if companies and organizations realize that there's this huge opportunity that takes a very little investment that would provide their leadership, which would in turn provide their, their team members with the rocket fuel to be much better at what they do. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And again, I've seen it as well in throughout my career is that when you when you do figure that out, when you realize that, you know, people are going to be, are going to be that rocket fuel. Um, I, you know, it's funny because I found it out the hard way. Like I got promoted to be my, in my first manufacturing uh, leadership role. I was a general manager of manufacturing plant at, at 32 years old. I was the youngest plant manager in the history of this one factory. And I didn't really, I had never been in a manufacturing role before. I'd been in, you know, I'd been in quality engineering, what have you. Uh, but so I, I really did learn how to rely on my team to, to, to get the input, the ideas and what's, what's working, what's broken, what do we need to do? What do you think we should do? So I actually engaged my team out of ignorance. Uh, and what I found was that there was this deep treasure trove of knowledge that was untapped, that nobody had ever asked them these questions before. And they were more than excited to say, yes, someone's listening to me. This is what I, you know, I've been trying to say this for years. And you're like, holy cow, that could double our output on this particular product line, or this could improve our profits. It was, it was remarkable once I unleashed that I, the ideas of people and we ended up, you know, just massively improving our financial performance. And, and a lot of my peers were like, what did you do? And I was like, literally, I don't know what I did. All I did was I started talking to the people. And, and it, it released all this, you know, pent up, you know, uh, energy that, 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 that often we never talked to the, to those experienced people. We never engaged them. And we, and so they just, they, they go, they go home with that knowledge in their head every night and they never share it with the company. And they're, but they're busting to share it. They want to yeah. be heard. That is in fact, one of the number one causes for disengagement, dissatisfaction in workplaces. Nobody listens to me. My opinion doesn't yeah, count. Yeah. And when you, but however, 
A, I think you probably had the confidence. Uh, you had the internal ability to be willing to humble yourself enough to ask for input, uh, uh, allow that input to be received and do something with it. There's a there's a vast majority of the, the, the population that is is afraid of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it takes us, I think you are a special person based on all your great accomplishments. But I think if someone realized that, okay, I've got to do that, but I fear yeah. that this bad thing's going to happen if I, I start taking advice. It's going to make me look weak. It's going to make yeah. me look yeah. dumb. And it's none of that. It's going to make you loved is what it's going to do. Yeah. But this collaboration, is it's, it's such a brilliant part of leadership. A lot of people avoid it because it takes too much time. Yeah. I don't have time to ask all these questions. I know what to do. I'm just going to tell people what to do. <laughs> yeah. And okay, let me know how that's working out for you. You you may be fine, but I bet you're being fine like this. Yeah. And so uh the the collaborative part of it, two two elements to it. One, either I have a natural tendency to be confident enough to do that, which you're blessed with. But secondly, if I know that I have to do it and someone can can teach me how to do it with the the safety in mind that these people aren't going to aren't going to take advantage of this, that they're not going to give me bad advice, that they don't approach me with ill content, or if my boss is going to think, well, if his people are figuring out everything, what do I need them for? Um, that's never the case. It's never, never the case. You know that. I know that. Everybody that's ever used a collaborative approach absolutely knows that you you. Uh, you soar and you're loved and you're appreciated. And back to the peer thing, uh, I I had similar experiences. You know, I my team, I had an incredible team in my last decade of work that just just paced and just lapped everybody in the organization and almost every KPI. And people would ask me the same question, what are you doing out there? And I would more or less tell them what I was doing. And they said, well, can I come out and watch how you do that? Sure, come on out. Let's let's watch that. And they come out and literally, I think they got back on the plane to fly back to wherever they were flying back to and say, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Okay. Yeah. But that's how we do it. Yeah. So yeah. you're a change. That changes. Oh, man, are we, are, are we hard to change as humans? Yeah. Yeah, we are. And I think that fear... You know, in my in my 22 years in corporate, I saw a lot of fear-based decision-making. And it was scared of looking bad, scared of missing my bonus, scared of being vulnerable, scared of, uh, scared of afraid of looking stupid, you know. Uh, you know, and so I think uh, we we don't do that because we're there is a lot of fear in there. And I think if you get rid of that fear and you realize that um, you know, I think the the people are amazing, right? And it, it, and they're they're often uh, they're, they're often uh, more than willing to talk to you about their ideas and their frustrations and, and ways that things can get better. If you, if you talk, yeah. 100%, open yourself up, lead by listening is something yeah. I, I share a lot, but fear is also an acronym. Mm. False expectations appearing real. That's not mm. the first time you've heard that, yeah. but it's something that hopefully we, we shared with somebody today that gets them to stop a little bit and think about it. Um, I, I, I'll tell a quick story. I had a, I, I, back to collaboration. I would do group calls and listen, I had 3000 employees 
that reported up through to me. But I would take a hour a month with a group of sales consultants. I'd take an hour a month with auto technicians. I'd take an hour a month with business office associates. And just how can we do better? How can we do better? How can we do better? And I got some brilliant ideas, but one that came out of it came from, uh, and hopefully he listens to this show, Francis Nylenkinde, who was a part-time salesperson in Ontario, California. And he was on one of these calls and he said, hey, uh, we've got this problem with this. I think if we did that, that it would be a game changer for us. And he gave, gave me a, what was one of those ideas like, why didn't I ever think of that? Yeah. And it was right there. It was so right in our face. Why didn't we think of that? Francis, great idea. Let me run it up the flagpole. And I'm telling you, it was such a great idea. Within a month, we had it dialed in, the software written, and it was off. And it was a $500 million idea. <laughs> uh, from a part-time employee. From a part-time employee. And he had that. And again, I had lots of great ideas, but... If I'd never asked, I never would have known. And that was $500 million that's that's compounded over decades yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, um, Because it was, and it was just like, it was, it was like, oh my God, that was the simplest idea in the world, but it was brilliant. And if yeah. I'm not tapping into that, that experience, that resource, that, that knowledge, I don't have to know it all. That makes my job easier. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. As a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I Have the Watch, You Have the Watch, and All in the Same Boat for one low price of $39.99. Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com and get your order in today. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy, execution, or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. 
This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put liberty strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. The collective wisdom of a team, I think, is is essential in, in today's rapidly changing environment. You need a lot of different brains that are thinking. If you're just depending on the one guy in the corner office to make all the decisions, you're going to get passed by. I, I really do believe that. I think that uh, we do need, and even crazy ideas, because sometimes, you know, like I, I, I've got many stories, I mean, in my books about crazy ideas that, that worked and saved us millions and, you know, and reduced times to move manufacturing plant, just amazing ideas, but they were just crazy ideas. But you, you just have to be humble enough to listen and go, okay, wait, repeat that again. <laughs> You're like, oh, that might work, you know, and just having that because the best ideas I've ever done in my whole career have never come from me. They've always come from someone else. Always. Yeah. I, I think I can safely agree that same with me. Yeah. Yeah. But the leader's job is to have that radar out and just say, oh, shoot, that one's big. And be, being able to say, let's, like you said, run it up the flagpole, let's implement it. And then, of course, the people get excited when you, like, you implement my idea. Like, yeah, we listen, we care, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which creates buy-in and there's more ideas. And right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's the rocky fuel. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that you and I share, another common view is, um, in fact, I was uh, presenting at uh, NC State this morning, a leadership uh, a session. One of the things I was talking about was annu- annual reviews. And you say that annual reviews are a waste of time, should be killed. Uh, and uh, you and I share that idea. <laughs> I don't believe in them. Uh, but what should leaders be doing instead? What, how should we be doing reviews with our employees? Brief preamble. There's, Gallup did this, this poll last year, 3 million employees around feedback. Performance feedback. Um, 92% of these 3 million employees said, I want feedback and I want developmental feedback. I want negative feedback, for want of a better word. I want to know what I'm doing wrong. When they surveyed the managers of these same employees and asked the managers, how often are you giving feedback? And they said, oh, all the time. We give great feedback. 
same surveys, same employees. How often are you getting feedback? Well, I haven't received any feedback mm. in over six months. So there's this this gap between what managers think they're doing and what they the employees, which is really the important element. That's the important part of the uh, equation here. There's this big gap. Managers think they're giving feedback. Employees don't. It's about frequency. Every seven days, they need some kind of feedback. Every seven days. And so that has to become part of your your management style, your leadership style. I call it managed by walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at the very least, I, I'm a huge proponent of 30-day reviews. 30-day reviews. And boy, I'd introduce that to a CEO of the company. They look at me like I, I'd grown an extra head. It's like 30 days. We don't have time for all. Well, you're comparing that to annual reviews, which are a gigantic pain in the butt. It takes all this preparation. Uh, I've got to fill out all these forms. If you do a 30-day review properly, it's a 30-minute conversation. It's yep. just a formalized, let's sit down. How are you doing? How, what do you think you're doing well? What do you think you need to work on? What do I need to do to help support you? Uh, here's some goals for the next 30 days. How do you want to go achieve those? Have them give you some, some action plans, how they're going to achieve that. 30 minutes, you're in and out, and they've gotten their feedback. You are maintaining a level of understanding and control over what's happening. You know what everybody's aiming towards. Now I, 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 now I know what's happening in everybody's mind because they shared it with me. It is an amazing process that very few companies deploy. So it should be at least once a week, formal every 30 days, and you never have to do another annual review. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really good. I mean, re- I mean, feedback should be timely. And I think the annual review process has got to the point where it's just a bureaucratic exercise and nobody really cares. And I never cared. I never cared throughout my entire corporate, like, oh, it's annual review time. And even even my bosses knew it was sort of like a wink and a like, here I did, here's a review, it's done. Okay, thanks. I, you know. But we cared about one thing. What's that? What's the raise? Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and that's that's about it. But um, yeah, so I'm glad to hear that. I do think that's really good. Seven days feedback, 30 day reviews, do that. It's much more timely. It's much more uh and again, uh it it's if there's issues that have to be corrected, they're gonna get they're gonna get addressed early instead of waiting for this annual process. So absolutely I love that idea. Um you had some other things that I was I was just interested about. Um you, you know, people are people. I, I say, uh, I often say that people are messy, and uh, but they're also amazing. And uh, being a, a leader means you got to deal with both of them. So, what are what's some advice for dealing with the difficult people? Um, and even if it might even be your boss. So, have you got any insight on that with all your experience dealing with difficult uh, individuals? One of my favorite topics, John, and one <laughs> that we could go on about for a long time. Um, first thing. If you're dealing with a difficult person, they're not going to fix themselves. Mm. That challenge is never going to go away on its own. So you have to deal with it. Now, if I there's there's an efficient way and there's an effective way of going <laughs> about correcting it, right? Uh, the efficient way is bring them in, tell them what they're doing wrong, not going to accept it again, send them out. And the likelihood of that having any long-term positive consequences is pretty low. Or we could bring them in. Um, have a, a, a constructive conversation with them, 
tell them what the situation is, let them understand what the impact of whatever their behavior is, and then talk to them about why. Help them with critical things. Why is this? Uh, how does this happen? What propels you to do this? Be honest with them, but do it in a Socratic approach where you're asking them questions, where you're unpacking this, this issue with them to where they're telling you, you're not telling them. We're so much more likely as humans to be committed to what we say we're going to do or, or owning what we say we did versus somebody telling us. There's a completely different listening that, that takes place. So to be effective, we have to have a difficult conversation that does not go in with a predetermined outcome. We don't know, right? We have to go in with an open mind. We have to hold our opinions uh, close. Um, please do not predetermine with a bias as to why this person is behaving the way they are, what truly happened in this situation. There's the old saying that there's three sides to the truth, right? Um, so you, you, you've got your understanding, you got your perception. I need to get their perception. And somewhere in the middle, we, we have the, the true reason. Once we have that now, let's discuss how that doesn't happen again, or how we can fix that, how we can improve that, how we can improve that. Um, and so much of dealing with difficult conversations gets delayed because of fear of confrontation. Almost 70% of the population is naturally inclined to avoid confrontation. Um, the, the rest of us, the other 30%, if we're willing to go have a conversation with someone about being difficult, then we're going to do it in a way that is going to uh, be ineffective by it being a, a one-way conversation. It's a, it's a monologue, not a dialogue. Yeah. Uh, in both cases, if we change our approach to this, know how to properly have it, how to have a difficult conversation with a difficult person, and we approach it with the right structure, have the, a proper conversation that is not heated, we don't bring emotion into it, we have a goal in mind, but we're not sure how we're going to reach that goal. The goal is we're going to correct this, but it's not going to be my way. Mm. It's going to be the way this employee or this boss, and, and bosses, are that's slightly different, but it's a similar approach. But it's all about transparency. Let's talk about it. Avoiding the conversation, A, not going to fix it. B, is just going to continue keeping you up at night and frustrated. And here's the other thing. Generally, when you have a difficult person, it's not just you that they're impacting. It's a lot of people in the yeah, organization. Yeah. It's their coworkers. And so it's not just you that needs to deal with this. Your team needs you to deal with it. They're, believe me, they're, they're watching you, wondering when in the heck is this person going to do When is my boss going to deal with this? Yeah. And the longer you wait, there's a horrible byproduct is their respect for you is eroding eroding, eroding, eroding. And generally we wait until something festers to the point where we just can't take it anymore and then we deal with it. Where we may have had the opportunity to fix this early on, have a much better outcome. Nobody has a benefit from somebody losing their job. There's no benefit to hiring somebody and them losing their job. The company doesn't benefit, the employee doesn't benefit. We only benefit if an employee is successful. But I've got to, as a leader, have the conversations be transparent enough about their either their performance or their attitude or their behaviors in a way that 
is non-judgmental, but in, a, in with a Socratic approach where we're asking open-ended questions to get them to understand what they're doing, how it's impacting others, and then walk away with a commitment of how they're going to go resolve this. It takes practice. It takes patience. Yeah. Uh, it takes a little bit of brave to to go do that. I uh, go have these kind of conversations. But once you learn how to do it, and it is a learned skill, once you learn how to do it, you'll never put them off. Uh, you'll you'll have very few of these issues anymore, um, and everybody else is going to respect you uh, tremendously because you just don't put up with things. And it's not because you're Mister Top Person; it's because you just deal with stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think you've said a lot of things that are really important that I think hopefully listeners, you're pull, pulling out of this. It's not going to fix itself, right? Ignoring a problem doesn't make it go away, right? And we talk about that. We've, if people have listened to the show for a long time, we talk about how like on a submarine, there was a fire. We ran towards the fire, not away from it. So we had to put it out before it spread. And that this is the same thing. You got a bad employee. It, it's not just affecting you. It's affecting everyone around. All, all of the employees are affected and everyone's watching and waiting for you to do something about it. It's your job to, to take care of it. And if you don't, it's all going to get worse. And I love this idea. It's not going to fix itself. You got to take the action. I love it. Such great, um, yeah, it's a great tool, listeners. Uh, just just what uh, Vaughn went through, great, great way to deal with those problematic and challenging employees. And again, if you can do, if you do it and do it right, you can turn some of those worst employees and some of your best employees if you can do it right. And again, that's a win for you if you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what final message would you like to leave with our listeners? Well, yeah, we talked about it early in the conversation. If you want to be super successful in your management leadership career, get really good at the people part of it. Mm. Study it, get coaching, get training, invest in yourself to be better at the people aspect of the business. The, it's not so much just the soft skills. There's there's approaches and processes to, to dealing with people. It's not just having empathy and that sort of thing. Yes, you need to have that, but it's it's structuring my approach. There's there's process. So like go find some solutions for yourself, educate yourself, because it is the fastest path to success possible. Mm-hmm. Well, you heard it. <laughs> Vaughn is very experienced. He's been in the trenches many decades, and he's saying the same things that many of our guests have said, what I have said for, for years. So I'm so glad to hear this. Uh, again, it's all about the people. Get good at it. Leadership is a people business. Get really good at it, and you're going to find you're going to turn around your performance much faster. Uh, it's It's getting to know your people, getting the most out of them. Uh, and uh, really, that's, how, that's what leadership is all about. It's about people. Um, this is fantastic. How, how can listeners find out more about you and your company? Please visit my re- website, rdltraining.com. There's uh, there's tons of blogs, resources on there. Uh, all of our training programs, if you're interested in looking at that, are on there and listed out. Um, find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Vaughn Sigmund in the world, so I'm easy to find. <laughs> uh, follow, follow me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you. Uh, if anybody, I, I had three messages today that I responded to some of my followers. I've got this situation. I love to give free advice. 
Fantastic. Again, listeners, how many times do I have to tell you this? There's free stuff. <laughs> so you just listen to Vaughn. Vaughn's got all this great advice. He's been experienced. He's highly experienced. He's been in the trenches, been doing this a long time. And guess what? He's got a website with a lot of free information on it. And he says, connect with me on LinkedIn and uh, and ask me a question. I'll give you free advice. I mean, come on. What, what, what more can you ask for? The show is free. The advice is free. Uh, all you have to do is reach out and you're going to get this information. You're going to get to be better at being a leader. And so we'll go ahead and put links in the show notes for uh, Vaughn's website and for his LinkedIn uh, profile. But again, connect with Vaughn, learn from the success he's had and find out how you can be better in, as a leader and in your leadership journey. Uh, so yeah, take advantage of these uh, free resources. It's, it's really important that you do that. Uh, Vaughn, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing uh, your experience, your your thoughts, uh, your, again, practical advice, um, because I think this is exactly what we need uh, to build a world with better bosses. So thanks for coming on the show and sharing your experience. Thank you, John. And, and thank you for all that you do between your books and this podcast. You're, you're an amazing resource yourself. Thanks for all you do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of Her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid.